Welcome to MishnahStudy.com. This is Jesse Salem, together we're studying Masechet Berachot. We're up to Perakhe. As a quick introduction, we started to mention before how um, the Perakim really reflect one another when it's the, when the opening Perakim, first three, opened up with Kiryat Shema, and it's, it, it's a um, time frame in the first Perak, and then we spoke about the positions of how to say Kiryat Shema, we spoke about Dirasha Machloket, and then we moved on to in the next Perak, the second Perak, Kavana, over here, tefillah also reflects that, whereas in last perech we opened up with when, we spoke about how, the positions, we spoke about a mahloket regarding one tefillah. And in this perech, we will parallel the second perech, whereas Kiryat Shema spoke about the kavana and having the appropriate mindset. Now, uh, our fifth perech in Masechet Berachot will also speak about kavana, but in this time regarding the tefillah. So the first Mishnah will open up with the focus and the right preparation that one needs to approach the tefillah. We'll speak about additions that are sometimes added to tefillah, prohibited additions to the tefillah, or if someone made a mistake. And then we'll speak about the Hazan and the Kohanim and some mistakes that may mean a bad sign. So starting with the first Mishnah, it's really about staying focused. Right, so a person is only allowed to stand to pray with Kovid Rosh. Right, Kovid Rosh, you know, literally means with a heavy head, but it means Yeshuv Hadat. Right, having having the a clear mind, live in a prepared heart. Right, as the pasuk says, if do et Hashem Right, pasuk from Tehillim. Right, that we need to serve God through all. This is Rambam's opinion and Rambam's approach. I would just overhear that Ashi is a little different. And he actually learns from here that it's not talking about a clear mind and, and prepared heart, but rather he l- looks at it as actually physically a bowed head. A person needs to actually put his head down, according to Rashi, when he prays with humility. Now the next t- part of the Mishnah speaks about Hasidim Rishonim, right? These are the early pious people. They would wait a moment or an hour before going ahead and praying. And then the, in order, for what? In order to prepare themselves to pray and focus their hearts to the Makom, right? To HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Um, What does that mean they would wait? They would actually pause. They wouldn't speak of any discussions. They wouldn't, you know, think about other things. Just standing, focused, almost premeditating um, for their tefillah. And this would be in order to focus themselves in preparation for their prayer. Now, during tefillah itself, right? If a king asks in in a per, you know asks a, a person's well being, he should not respond. Right? Even a king asking a person shouldn't respond. Harabam explains this based on the Talmud. This is speaking about Malchai Israel, specifically kings of Israel. But if it's a non-Jewish king. Of course he should stop because over there there is a sakanat nefashot that he may harm the person if he doesn't respond back. And then the Mishnah and Zof, that even if a snake was coiled around his ankle, 
he should not stop. I was careful in translating this very literally because there is um, Rabbeinu Kapach has an interesting read in Harambam over here, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, the standard perush over here is a snake is coiled around the person's ankle, right? He shouldn't, he shouldn't even stop praying, right? And over here, Harambam says it's only talking about a, a, a snake that doesn't usually um, go after, hit, bite a person. Uh, but some a snake that, you know, always would, or a scorpion, right, or, you know, poisonous uh, snakes, over there, as soon as he sees them, he would stop because it's a sakanat nefashot. Now, I think we do need to understand Harambam's words over here a little more. I'm not sure I'll have all the answers, but he does go ahead and say that if the snake doesn't bite most of the time, Whereas we know sakanat nefashot is even a sefek sakanat nefashot, right? Even if there's not the greatest chance, but if there's any chance that there may be something deathly involved, a person should stop his tefillah. Um, over here, though, Harambam doesn't seem go, you know, seem to indicate that, and seems to almost say it depends on you know a you know amount of times, a majority of times. It seems like therefore um, Kapah takes a different route. And he bases it off the translation of Harambam when he speaks about the snake coiled. He says that it wants to mean that the snake is not coiled around the person's ankle, but he wants to explain Harambam meant over here that the snake is coiled around itself. It's coiled up. And in that case, a person doesn't need to stop his tefillah. But if it was coiled around the person's ankle, of course, in any instance, uh, the person should stop. Uh, over here, I would just reference Hilchot Tefillah, where Harambam is, you know, speaks of the of the of the halacha perekvav halachatet. He says, um, if a person sees Nechashim and Akrabim approaching him, if they reached him and in those places they are mimit, they they actually kill, then he stops. He stops his Tefillah and runs away. But if the if if they if they don't um, kill. If the way of those snakes is not to kill, then he doesn't stop his tefillah. Uh, in the next Mishnah, we'll speak about additions uh, to the tefillah.